like Vicki said, I'm Deirdre and I'm in recovery from codependency and chaos creation as well. And for me, what that looks like is my tendency is to need everybody around me to be okay and everything around me to be okay so that then I can feel stable and okay. Um, but also that I find myself drawn to the people and the situations that are the least okay and the most um, drama producing. So this tension between like trying to figure out how to maintain stability, but also drawn to the places of least stability. Um, and as I've been in recovery, I'm finding and accessing a place where I can be all right with God, whatever else is happening around me. Um, and that is leading me to peace and, um, and stability in my life. That's not dependent on other people or circumstances, but just on God and his strength and capacity. Um, one of the places where I've really seen this piece play out is in forgiveness. Um, we're doing a life lab course right now, and we just started to talk about forgiveness and resentments. And so as I've gone through this process and um, done the work of releasing resentments, that's brought a lot of peace. And so I wanted to share about that today. Um, so forgiveness, and a lot of this is from the Life Lab workbook, but it, it talks about the, the Greek definition being to cut off or release um, or just stop requiring payment of or stop feeling angry toward. Um, when I think of cutting off or releasing, I think about one time when I was helping someone else walk through forgiveness and the picture that came to mind for us was this red thread that was tying her to in this case her brother and wherever she went like she was still attached to her brother with this red thread and the image of forgiveness was cutting that thread and and removing that that tie that they had um i also think of like a donkey like laboring under those heavy baskets that donkeys have to wear um, and just like cutting cutting the the rope that, that attaches the baskets to the donkey so that it can go ahead and, and not have to work so hard. Um, and then I also think of like when I sit in unforgiveness towards somebody, they have a certain degree of power over me, like they dictate how I feel and how I respond and like cutting off that um, power imbalance or cutting off the the power that somebody else has over my emotional experience. Um, when I think about like stop requiring payment of, I think about if somebody owes me money, then I just say, okay, you don't owe me the money anymore. And for forgiveness, like the money comes from somewhere, right? Like if you say, oh, you don't owe the, me the money anymore, you're out the money <laughs> or someone else has to pay it for you. Um, and in forgiveness, I think about like Jesus can cover whatever is owed. Um, he can pay back the like emotional turmoil. He can cover the wounds that you've experienced. He can heal the pain in a way that the person who's hurt you actually just can't do because they're only a person and they don't have that power. Um, so it's, you're not, when you're stop, 
you're not requiring payment of that person anymore. You're not saying, oh, it's fine. I'll just swallow the thousands of dollars you owe me. You're looking for it to be paid for you by somebody else who can actually do that, um, who is not the person who hurt you. Um, other thing that I found really helpful is the perspective, like, I ask this and I hear other people ask it, like, what if they don't care or know how much they hurt me? Or if they know, but they don't care. And the thing that's helped me there is um, this is a me thing and not an other person thing. And so it, this forgiveness is primarily, in my mind now, a conversation between me and my higher power and not a conversation between me and the person who hurt me. Um, I have a friend who says, like, this is this is a kind to me, not a nice for you when she's doing something for somebody that she like would like to do. And forgiveness is not a nice for them. It's a like good for me. And it can happen whether or not they ever know how they've hurt me or whether they know and don't care. Um, when I'm forgiving somebody, I put their experience aside. Uh, particularly at the beginning and just think about me and God and how can God and I like remove the weight from my soul um, and then sometimes I talk with the other person about it and we can have reconciliation and sometimes we don't but that's a different conversation um, the last thing not the last thing but in my experience Often when I struggle to forgive somebody, it is because I still want to be God in some way. Um, I want to, like, the lie at the beginning when Satan tells Adam and Eve, like, oh, you'll not surely die. Like, if you hold the knowledge of good and evil, like, God's holding out on you. And I, I believe that. I believe I have the right to judge other people and condemn their actions. And I believe I have the right to stay mad. Um, and I have the right to like hold on to this, this anger. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I can be like God. I can know good and evil and figure out what the difference is and then attribute evil here and good here. And really, Satan is a liar and a thief. And the lies he tells you steal your joy. And so if when I like believe the lie, I have the right to stay mad and I can decide what's good here and what's not good here, then that steals my ability to be with myself well and with other people well and have a life of peace. Um, yeah, this is harder for us because we're like independent North Americans and we don't do well with authority. <laughs> But also it's Advent right now and all the scriptures I've been reading recently, like Jesus is king and he's coming back. He's holding people accountable for what they've done and not done. And he gets to say, yes, actually, it's best for you to forgive people and I'm telling you to do it. <laughs> um, and because he's a good king and he knows what's good for us. Like he's not asking us to do the impossible and he's not asking us to do it all by ourselves. Um, he's providing us the power um, under his authority to do what looks difficult and impossible for us. Um, I think about the the unjust manager. I forget even what gospel it's in, but there's this guy who owes his king like millions of dollars. And he's like, oh, please 
forgive me, forgive me, I'll pay it back for you. And the king's like, okay, fine, I know you can't forgive it. I'll pay it back for you. And he's like, thank you so much, you're the best. And then on the way out from this meeting, he meets his friend who owes him like $100. And he's like, if you don't pay me back, I'm going to send you and your whole family to jail. And he goes on his way. And then the guy's like, I'll pay you back, it'll be fine. He's like, no, I will not let you. And so then the king hears about it and is like, well, off you go to jail. Like, you can't behave, you cannot receive grace and then not pass it on. That's not how that works. Um, and this gets into the, the law of sowing and reaping that John does a really good job of explaining in Life Lab, where the universe is just designed a particular way. Like, God sets it up a particular way. And it's baked right into the Lord's Prayer. We say at the end of all these meetings, like, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that story about the unjust manager really just illustrates that point. Um, and it's not like, it's not necessarily like God is like, oh, you didn't forgive the people, so I withhold what is good for you. It's just that as you forgive, it comes back to you. And it's mysterious, and I don't really understand how it works, but it does <laughs> um, in my experience. Like, insofar as I can let go of fear and pain and anger toward people who've hurt me, to that extent, I can experience grace and receive peace and stability from God and in my relationships with other people. Um, my friend likes to say, if you go against the grain of the universe, you will surely get splinters. And I think it works here just as well as it works anywhere else. And nobody wants universe-sized splinters. <laughs> so, yeah, I think for me, the most comforting thing in all of it is something the big book says, where if you can't do it, ask for the ability to do it. If you aren't willing to do it, ask for the willingness to do it. And God is really very good at working with whatever we give him, as long as we actually give it to him. <laughs> so if we give him our willingness to be willing, he will work with that. Um, if we give him our desire, he will make us capable. Um, and this story I think of here last week, we studied the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000 people. And there's this little boy with his lunch of like five loaves of bread and two fish. And the disciples like, well, you can't do anything with that. That's totally absurd to think that five pieces of bread and two fish would feed 4,000 people. And But Jesus takes it and he does an amazing thing with it. And it's beautiful and everybody gets fed and there's leftovers. And so I think that principle works here as well. Like whatever little bit we have of willingness or willingness to be willing, God will take that. And per as we persist, he will also persist with us. Um, yeah, for me, I think, just wanna share a few, two stories of how forgiveness has worked in my life. This is one of these stories is before I took the life lab course. Um, so I worked for an organization. There was a lot of conflict with like the top layers of leadership and two people in particular hurt a number of my friends and indirectly me. And so I had to sit down and forgive them. And I was like, okay, well, I am willing. I don't wanna stay mad at these people. It won't help us, it won't help me. 
And so as I sat in prayer, God gave me the picture. He was like, well, look, and he, like God opened up his wallet and he had pictures of these people in his wallet. And he was like, look, like I love them too. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I guess if these people are in your wallet and I'm also in your wallet, like he's got a picture of me in there too. He carries around with him and looks at it and makes him happy then if these are also your children and they're made in your image and we're both in your wallet together then then i can forgive them and have compassion on them um in this situation and that was really freeing and really helpful for me and helped me stay in my job like well instead of like rage quitting or like staying on bitter and passing that down to the people that I work with, um, passing that sideways to my coworkers. Um, and this happened like as I was doing Life Lab last year, I had a friend who hurt me and I really struggled. I was like, I don't want to be sad about this still, but I am still sad about it. Like the, like the resentment, like the re-feeling. I was like, I don't want to be sad. I like intellectually, I'm like, yes, these are all fine things to do in our friendship. Um, but I was still hurt and sad and angry. And I'd have those like conversations in my head that you don't have out loud, but you have the conversations. And you're like, well, this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And finally, God gave me like I did a resentment sheet and that helped a little bit. And then God ended up giving me a counter. And in this case, it was a friend who was getting married. And I felt like they were like leaving our relationship behind as they got married and like developed closeness with somebody else. And God was like, Deirdre, like in the Bible, it says a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they'll be one flesh. Like family is made to send people into marriage and he's like you're a family with this person and so your job is to send them into their marriage and wish the best for them in their marriage and i was like oh yeah <laughs> that is my job and and seeing the truth of that helped me like accept what i needed to accept and still mourn what i needed to mourn but like actually wish this very dear friend of mine well as they got married and get to know their partner and like be still be friends with them and have it be a real friendship and not like fakey fake. Um, yeah. These days, I think we were talking on Monday at Life Lab about like the little things and how the little things are just as likely to destroy your life as the big things if they linger and last and don't get healed and resolved. Um, like the 2% is what will kill you is the, the phrase that uh, John used in the video. And so it's like the team I work with didn't meet my expectations. And I had I had a few days of like, and then I was like, wait, like, <laughs> this is not good. Um, and I can't have conflict resolution with them if I'm like bitter inside because otherwise I'll just bleed on them and they don't need that. Um, so I like worked it out 
and we could have a, we had a really pleasant and helpful conversation and everything was fine. And I was like, Oh, look at that. Like, <laughs> this is lovely. Um, and I think the, like, there's nothing too small goes back to like, if there's anything at all preventing me from contact with God and resentment does prevent me from contact with God, like it just has to go and it doesn't matter it's like years and years long or if it's like one thing in a series of smaller things or anything like I need God and I need him to give me the capacity to take aside anything that is keeping me from being with him um and so the small like oh my team did this or my friend did that or my housemate did this I didn't appreciate but it's fine but I'm still thinking about it two days later um all of that is like fodder for the for the fire I guess fodder for the like moving like asking God to help me move things that need to be moved so that there isn't anything preventing me from being with him and hearing his voice and and doing his will um yeah and I think also in regards to the smaller things this goes back to Satan being a liar and a thief like he's very happy to have me be medium okay <laughs> instead of like 100% okay he's like oh yeah medium okay that's great um you just stay there <laughs> instead of like being 100% as much as is possible in this life healed or like 100% effective for God and able to be with him and and do what he would invite me to do he's like medium is fine you're fine it's fine and then I, then that's not good either. I think whatever is in my power that I notice that's preventing me from being with God is what needs to go. And the goal is not just like mediocre. It's like, I'm good. I'm with God. We're on a clear path together and I'm happy and willing and able to do whatever it is that he hopes for me to do. And I'm able to communicate with him. And that's my job is to communicate with God.